Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we are featuring Johnny Mercer and the Pied Pipers, comedian Gary Moore, Ann Rutherford, and an exciting excerpt from Mr. District Attorney. Johnny Mercer has always been one of our most prolific songwriters, with a hit for almost every letter of the alphabet. A, accentuate the positive. B, blues in the night. C, come rain or come shine. D, dream, and so on. All the way through the alphabet to Y. You must have been a beautiful baby. <laughs> I wonder how he missed Z. Johnny Mercer is also a fine singer, and during the 40s and 50s, he made records and had his own radio program. Here he is with the Pied Pipers, Lullaby of Broadway. Come on along and listen to the lullaby of Broadway. Hippery and Ballyhoo, the lullaby of Broadway. The rumble of the subway trains, the rattle of the taxis, the daffodils that entertain at Angelo's and Maxie's. When a Broadway baby says goodnight, it's early in the morning. Manhattan babies don't sleep tight until the dawn. Good night, baby. Good night. Milkman's on his way. Good night, baby. Good night. Dig that cabaret. Not start to hit the hay. We're gonna travel along Broadway. We'll get a taxi and hop a bus. So come along, folks, and follow us. From the battery to Yonkers Town, right up to Yonkers and back on down. And when we hit all the spots in town, we'll call it a day. Listen to the lullaby of old Broadway. One of the most popular programs on the radio for many years was the Phillips H. Lord drama, Mr. District Attorney. Here's an excerpt from the program of July 14, 1948. Mr. District Attorney, champion of the people, defender of truth, 
guardian of our fundamental rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it shall be my duty as district attorney not only to prosecute to the limit of the law all persons accused of crimes perpetrated within this county, but to defend with equal vigor the rights and privileges of all its citizens. Tonight's case of the unknown source is particularly vital, ladies and gentlemen. We begin in the lobby of the Revere House, an inexpensive hotel catering to young career girls here in our city. Honey! What? Honey Bartlett, wait up! I just saw you get out of the elevator. Gee, have I got news. Oh, uh, it's you. Look, I, Don't uh... you remember, honey? We were talking last night in the soda fountain downstairs. I'm Alice Stratton. Oh, well, sure, I remember, kid. I'm just in a hurry, that's all. Oh. That gentleman sitting over there is waiting for me. Well, I'll see you around, Alice. Oh, but I haven't told you. Remember I said I worked in the district attorney's office? Oh, you remember, honey? I told you when I came from Sheboygan I got a job typing there? Yeah, yeah, well, that's just great, kid, but really, I've got to go. Oh, well, this won't take a minute, honey. Well, anyway, guess what? Yeah, what? Miss Miller, that's the district attorney's private secretary, she's gone on a vacation. And what do you think? I'm going to substitute for her. Isn't it thrilling? I'm going to be the district attorney's secretary. Oh, uh, wait a minute. You what? Can you imagine? I've never even seen him. And I'm going to be right there in his own private office while Miss Miller's on vacation. The D.A. himself? Mm -hmm. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. I start tomorrow morning. Miss Miller came down to the bullpen where all the typists work and chose me herself. Mm, I see. What's the matter? You don't seem excited about it, honey. Gee, a wonderful break like that and everything. I'm just so thrilled. You've, uh, you've never seen the D.A., hmm? And he's never seen you? He will tomorrow. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah, come on, um, Alice. Uh, come on with me. Well, come where, honey? I don't understand. Oh, it's just an idea. Oh, uh, Jimmy. Good evening, honey. I'm sorry to keep you waiting. Jimmy, this is a girlfriend of mine here in the hotel. This is Alice, um... Alice Stratton. Alice Stratton. Meet Jimmy. I'm very pleased to meet you. Yes, thank you. Now then, honey, shall we be going? I, uh, just wanted you to hear Miss Stratton's good news, Jimmy. Starting tomorrow morning, she's going to be private secretary to the district attorney. What? I'm so thrilled. His regular private secretary is on vacation, and I'm going to substitute for her. Are you really? Uh-huh. I uh, knew you'd be interested, Jimmy. The DA has never seen Alice, and she's never seen him. You don't say. Mm -hmm. I just had to tell Honey about it. Honestly, I'm so excited. Why, it might lead to just anything. <laughs> There she is, Chief. Nobody's touched the body since I threw a blanket over it. You've been here how long, Harrington? About 20 minutes, Chief. I tried to get in touch with you right away, but... Strange. A girl dressed like that in a district like this? Yeah. She's no waterfront character, Chief. About uh, 23 or so, wouldn't you say? Yes, something like that. Have you checked the neighborhood, Harrington? I was doing that when you drove up, Chief. We can't get much on tire marks. All the trucks in the south end of town dump here into the river. Yes, I know. Of course, the dame's little, whoever she is, and somebody could have carried her from that alleyway, got scared, and didn't even drop her into the water. Yes. 
this is strictly a professional job. Yes, yes, it seems to be. Well, let's get to work on it, Harrington. I tell you, I just tapped her a little, Jimmy. I didn't mean no harm. Harm? The girl's dead, Nick. Don't you understand that? You're on trial for murdering one girl and you kill another. Nobody knows it, Jimmy. We got rid of the body, didn't we? I know it, my friend, and don't forget that. Yeah? So what do I pay you for? I am an attorney, Nick, not your personal bodyguard. I resent a thing like this happening in my apartment. So go ahead and resent. I got dough. That is beside the point. I've got to come up against the district attorney in court in the morning this kind of thing unnerves me. You'll take care of the DA. Honey got you all adopted, didn't she? You live a simple life, Nick. How you've managed to survive is remarkable. <laughs> I got a smart lawyer. My dear boy, I hope and pray you're right. Oh, come in, Harrington. I was just going to phone for you. Chief, I got something that's... Yeah, well, I haven't much time here. No, Chief, listen to this. That yes. kid we found down by the river last night? Yes, yes. Skippy took a set of fingerprints off the body, so I checked them against the master file. And? Get this, Chief. That girl is Alice Stratton. Alice Stratton? Yeah. Harrington, what are you talking so about? So help me, Chief, it's true. The kid we found dead last night is supposed to be your secretary while Miss Miller's on vacation. Yes, but that's impossible. The Stratton is right outside. I was just going to send for Chief, him. it's a positive identification. You know yourself, all the employees around here have their prints in the master. Yes, you've checked carefully? Carefully? I checked four times. I couldn't believe it myself. Well, then this girl outside is... Hey, wait a minute. Chief, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Mm. About how Jimmy Appleton knows so much about what goes on in this office lately? Yes, find out if Appleton is connected with that raid that backfired last night. I did, Chief. Yes? He's a personal friend of Woodruff, the guy that owns the joint. Well, this is beginning to come clean, isn't it, Harrington? <laughs> Appleton's success in court and the empty gambling club when you staged the raid? Clean! Mm. I'm going to pin that little girl to the wall. Get her in here, Chief. Let's find out what this is. Now, no, let's wait, Harrington. Let's wait. Wait? Yes. With that dame out there spying on you, Chief? Why, there's no telling who she is. We can tell, all right. I think we'll play this young lady right into our hands. I can't believe it, honey. Are you sure you copied this accurately? Jimmy, I tell you, he said it himself. He dictated the memo and then went out to the courthouse. Leaving Harrington in the office? He's still there, I guess. I said I had a sick headache and had to come home. What's it all about, Jimmy? I didn't get it. It seems, Nick, we're about to have a visit from the district attorney. Yeah? At your place? So he informed Honey when he dictated a memo this morning. Are you sure, Honey? I tell you, he said he was coming here at 8 o'clock tonight with new evidence against Nicky. Me? What's the bum up with me? Your life, Nicky. I don't like this. I don't like it at all. You think I do? But it's after eight now. You'd better slip out the back way. Certainly be confused to find you here. Confused? Are you kidding? Hey, somebody's at the door. Oh, Jimmy. All right, be calm, honey. No, don't go. You might have someone posted downstairs. Yeah, but I can't stay here. Get into the other room and keep the door shut. Go on, dear. Hurry. For Pete's sake, watch it, Jimmy. This isn't good. What do you want me to do? Just sit still, Nick, and don't say a word. Yes? Why, it's my esteemed colleague, Mr. District Attorney. May I come in, Mr. Appleton? It's late, I know. Late? Nonsense. Oh, you know my client, of course. Vividly. 
As a matter of fact, Nick, it's about you that I've come. What's that mean, Jimmy? This is a business call, then. I'm disappointed. Oh, you won't be, Appleton. I have here a rather interesting document. A completely new kind of evidence against Nick in this envelope. May I see it? At this time, no. Sorry. Let Jimmy see it. What's that, Venice? You heard me. Hand it over to him. Nick, put down that gun. Yes, Venice. Isn't it unwise to draw a gun in your circumstances? I said hand it over. I'll show you why I got this gun, wise guy. I'm getting sick of this, see? Now we're going to play this game my way. With a gun. That's right, Doc. Yeah, sure, I've been waiting here ever since the chief left. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I got that right. No, no, that's all he wants to know. Huh? <laughs> do I know what to do now? Doc, we got this one timed to the second. May I put down my hands, Nick? I assure you, I'm not armed. Keep him in the sky. I need hardly tell you, D.A., I'm not responsible for my client's actions. I wash my hands of him. You pipe down too, Shasta. What do you intend to do now, Nick? Or may I offer a suggestion? Huh? Ask the young lady to come out of that bedroom. Oh, there's no need to look surprised, Appleton. I mean, Miss, uh, Miss... Well, there's a question about her name. Honey, Nick, shut up. I'm sick of this. I'm pulling out of here, but good. Honey! Don't tell me he got rid of the... Oh. Well, Miss Stratton, you do seem to get around. Jimmy, what's the idea? Nick's making a fool of himself, D.A. I give you my word, I know nothing of all this, nothing. You pipe down. I gotta take a powder. You got any dough? Dough? For what? And Nick is in the act of escaping, I think you might say, young lady. Oh? Oh, I have a suggestion, Nick, if you're interested. Yeah, what? There's a rather interesting memo in that envelope I brought with me. Why not read it? Nuts to it. I look shyster. I want dough. You know I ain't got any cash around here. Did you say memo? What memo? One you couldn't have copied for Mr. Appleton here, Miss Stratton. I had it prepared after you left. Open it, honey. Uh, this? Yes. This will interest all of you, I know. You too, Appleton. Oh, Jimmy. What's in it, honey? Some more about me? Jimmy, listen. Yes, dear. What is it? Memo to James Appleton, Nick Venice, and to my secretary. Yes, that would be you, Miss Stratton. If you'll open the door, Mr. Harrington is waiting for you. You are all under arrest for murder. What? Now, see here. Uh, you're going to put away the gun, Nick? Oh, Harrington, you outside? Right here in the hall, Chief. The joint's surrounded. Well, Nick? Oh, that's better. It's much better. All right, Harrington. Oh, and uh, will you open the door, please, honey? You know, a competent secretary always does. And closes it behind her. And now, here is your district attorney. I'm happy to report, ladies and gentlemen, that all three members of this unusual trio, Honey, Appleton, and Nick Venice, will pay the full penalty demanded for the murder of Alice Stratton. Yeah, and I'm happy to say that Miss Miller will be back at her job next week, Chief. <laughs> Boy, what a dame that Honey was. Yes, fortunately, Harrington, we've seen the last of her. And that just about closed the case. I'll say it did. Thank you, and good night. Comedian Gary Moore with Ann Rutherford, Johnny Mercer, and Harry Von Zell got together one night to do a parody on Mr. District Attorney. Here are the hilarious results. Mrs. District Attorney! 
champion of the people, defender of the truth. And say, what a neck in a rumble seat. <laughs> At your district attorney's office, the wheels of justice are grinding in their relentless fashion. Good morning, Mrs. District Attorney. Oh, come in, Mr. Miller. Did you bring the files? Yes, Chief. Well, don't just stand there. Give me a manicure. <laughs> but I have some important news, Chief. We just caught a crook who stole six pair of silk stockings. What nerve? What gall? What color? What size? <laughs> oh, never mind that small fry, Mr. Miller. I'm going after bigger game. The biggest racketeer in this town. You mean... Yes, Bristlebean Moore. I... I'll go out and get him if it's the last thing I do. I wonder what racket that rat is thinking up right now. I'm telling you, there's a fortune in it, a million bucks. Uh. <laughs> are, are you sure about that brittle bean? <laughs> I'm positive. Just as sure as your name is Harry the Brain. Uh. Uh, oh, yeah, that is my name, ain't it? Yes. Look, counterfeiting is foolproof if you do it right. When we got caught with those phony $5 bills, it was your fault. Well, what did I do? I told you a hundred times, put on Lincoln's picture, not Superman's. <laughs> but I never read Lincoln. Well, now this time, this time we can't get caught. We're going to counterfeit pennies. The uh, whose picture is on them? Lincoln's. Well, here we go again. <laughs> Listen, you're wrong, Brain. It's a perfect plan. Who'd suspect that we'd counterfeit, of all things, pennies? And the best part of it is each phony penny will cost us... Only two cents to make. <laughs> yeah, well, because you're two cents to make a penny. That's right. Don't we lose money that way? No. We fool around with the books. <laughs> Here's the way we operate. We drive up to a drugstore. One of them, one of them big crowded drugstores with people rushing in and out. So no one will notice us, huh, Brittleby? That's the idea. I park right outside and I keep the motor running, see? Then you dash into the drugstore. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you weigh yourself free with a phony penny. Oh, boy! <laughs> We've got to put a stop to this racket, Chief. Bristlebean's gone too far this time. I'll say he has, Mr. Miller. Why, at a conservative estimate, he and his henchmen have weighed themselves free 400,000 times. <laughs> well, can't we do anything, Chief? Oh, I've tried everything, Mr. Miller. I even disguised myself as a scale and stood in a drugstore. I'm afraid it wasn't a very good disguise, though. I must have looked more like a pinball game. What makes you think so? Well, every guy who came along tried to tilt the machine. <laughs> but I think I have an idea, Mr. Miller. And the next time Bristlebean Moore gets on a scale, he's going to get the surprise of his life. Listen, Brain, I've been looking over the books for the past week. There's something wrong, Brain. You're not getting rid of enough pennies. Well, I can't help it, Bristlebean. The pennies keep coming back. They keep coming back? Yeah. I'm starting to guess my weight now. <laughs> well, it looks like I'll have to handle the whole job myself. Well, I'm going into that drugstore and get rid of those slugs. You wait outside here. Huh. Well, there's the scale. Nobody's watching. Here goes.
Must be out of order. <laughs> it's not out of order, Bristlebean. You weigh 162 pounds, and the jig is up. Cheapers, the DAS. <laughs> the DAS herself is. Bye. I guess I might as well throw myself into your arms and give up. You don't have to throw yourself into my arms. Listen, don't tell me how to give up. <laughs> well, Bristlebean, are you ready to talk? Nothing doing. I ain't talking, see? How would you like a little going over with the brass knuckles? Ah, that won't make me talk. I also carry a rubber hose. That won't make me talk either. Well, suppose I give you a little kiss. Settle back. This could be a long story. <laughs> If you want to know, if you want to know the story of my life, Mrs. D.A., perhaps I'd better read to you from my diary. Everything I've ever done is in this little book. Now here, here, my dear, is my first entry. January 31st, 1915. Today I was born. Oh, and what an event. My mother, dear soul, took me up in her arms, looked down at the little bundle of love and softly crooned, is you is or is you ain't a baby. <laughs> But Bristlebean, isn't there anything in your diary about your about your childhood pastimes? Well, yes. The entry for June 15th, 1924 says, Today I discovered a new hobby that I think will last me all my life. Today, I joined the Campfire Girls. Oh, now wait. What possible reason could you have for joining the Campfire Girls? I was cold. <laughs> gee, gee, I was fond of girls. And naturally, sooner or later, love was bound to kick me in the teeth. And I see by my diary that in 1930, it did. What was it name? Well, let me read to you from the diary. It says, July 1st, today I met Alice Honeygrease. July 2nd, I held her hand. <laughs> July 3rd, I put my arm around her. Well, gee, what happened on July 4th? Nothing. Legal holiday. <laughs> <laughs> but our love ripened. And I see by my diary that on July 18th, I took my love to the finest jewelry shop in town. Oh, this was the final step. There we stood looking at the window full of diamond rings. She pointed to a three-carat solitaire, and I squeezed her tiny hand and said, Grab it and run! The cops are coming! <laughs> and that... That, Miss Rutherford, is, is how I started on my life of crime. Oh, but don't stop now. I've got to know. Did you finally marry Alice? Well, no, no, I didn't. But I would have married her if I could have gotten my family's consent. You mean, you mean your mother and father objected? No, my wife and kids. <laughs> Well, that brings to a close this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. I hope you've enjoyed the past half hour. This is Frank Brzee inviting you back again next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.